Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Welcome to the World in Sport, I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, it was a weekend to forget for the Pacific Island teams competing at the Sydney Sevens. While the final two spots in football's OFC Champions League main draw were decided in the Cook Islands. But first, a host of Pacific rugby players face an uncertain future after the global rapid rugby competition cancelled its inaugural season, less than two months before the proposed start date. The brainchild of billionaire Western Force owner Andrew Forrest, eight teams from Australia, Asia and the Pacific Islands were originally on board to contest a four-month season this year, including entries from Fiji and Samoa. Pacific Rugby Players Chief Executive Aidan Clark says that number had dropped to six after two sides pulled out. He was in contact with global rapid rugby officials just days before the organisers announced they had pulled the plug. There's considerable frustration within the, the individual franchises around some of the commercial expectations and the scheduling and just the lack of detail, the lack of detail right through the whole thing. Um, there's been changes all along, so made is, is a number of things that um, have been fairly frustrating that um, a lot of parties have tried to um, tried to get alongside and, and try and make it work, but you know there's only so much you can do. NZ Rugby gave the green light, World Rugby gave the green light, so usually these things are kind of you know, rebel leagues or that kind of thing, but it, yeah. it, it also had a lot of high up acceptance. Yep, exactly. And and uh, across uh, sort of New Zealand and Australia and and, uh, and our players' association as well, have done what we can just to ensure that the player welfare is at the forefront. But there's no doubt that we want to see a new type of rugby that, that um, engages customers and the spectators again. But sometimes there's just the nuts and bolts of, of running a, a rugby competition that need to be adhered to before fireworks and parachuters. So um, that's sort of where it sort of started to fall apart. So there's, what, eight teams? I mean, how many were ready to go and, and how many weren't there? Mate, there were six teams good to go. And, it was, and it's been cut back to six teams um, for a fair while now. We've known it wasn't eight. Um, it was six teams, and there was a lot of work through the commercial sort of area and the expectations there, and we basically got there. But just lack of detail, things coming through too late, and um, and changing direction when there's managers who need a plan, there's there's hotels to be booked, there's plays to be booked, there's draws that have to be acceptable in terms of how long players are away from home, and um, these sorts of things were just ridiculous. So from a Pacific point of view, of course, there was uh, expected to be a Fijian side and a Samoan side. Um, a lot of players probably hope they might have a professional contract or a, a, at least a short-term one. Uh, what does it mean for them, obviously? The message from us is is hugely disappointing, and it's from um, players' point of view. Guys have made huge sacrifices through work, through their families. We've got 30 players who are contracted and have been training since January in Singapore, and many of them are Pacific Islanders who have relocated there. And now the competition has been pulled from under their feet. Um, I know there's a uh, exhibition matches and so forth being organised, but these are nowhere near what was promised. Um, just speaking to a young Tongan boy in the sevens team today, um, I had to break the bad news to him because I know that he was looking forward to being part of the Samoan franchise. 
and uh, that means him is missing out on a professional contract for six months, and um, he returns back to playing club rugby in New Zealand. So you know, there's there's real uh, there's real loss in, from a, from a human level um, when things like this go wrong, and, and probably from our perspective, uh, what we're so disappointed in is that um, it's been a lot of promises, but just really no delivery. And uh, and that, as you know, you know, um, there's there's a cost of that. So Fiji and Samoa were they on board with the six teams? Yep, they were. They were good to go. Obviously, yeah, Samoa. A lot of work going in the background, mate. Like you know, contractually, player contracts, movements, guys looking at maybe turning down overseas opportunities because they can hang around and play for this Fiji team. Likewise, you know, there's there's some crossover between a lot of New Zealanders who are going to play for the Samoan team. Um, a lot, a lot of work going on and, and a considerable amount of bandwidth from our perspective too. And, and there was obviously a lot of talk about the Samoan team being based or playing games in Hawaii. Was that still intended to be the case? Oh, I believe that came off the table quite a while ago. Most of their games will all be played in New Zealand, are their home games in New Zealand um, and on the east coast of Australia. And and the Fiji inside, I guess, was, was seen as something that could complement perhaps the, uh, the Indrua. Yeah, exactly. So from a from a player's perspective, we've been having discussions now and trying to work out the contracts where, for a player playing for the Jura team and then for the Latui, who were to um, be the franchise name for Rapid Rugby, um, we're effectively getting close to on-island players being full-time rugby players, um, working through what that looks like, um, the implications for the players, and then now that's just not going to happen. And especially, a huge disappointment. When did you know that it was over? Oh, literally uh, this morning. Um, you met just this morning. Well, I, I knew we knew it was shaky all along. Like if we wind the clock back to the many months of being working on this, we sort of indicated to Rapid Rugby that uh, possibly 2020 was a better, um, better option um, to have a longer run up, um, get through all the detail because we knew that it was going to be a tricky one. Um, but they were adamant to push on ahead and, and wanted this great competition to happen in 2019. And we all know that it's an exciting opportunity for not only the players but for rugby in general, but could have made this decision a long time ago before people um, uprooted their lives and, and made big decisions. Where do you go from here? Well, first and foremost, it's, we probably have to mop up the mess. Uh, you know, we've got players who will, their contracts will now um, end in the next sort of month or two. Um, I know the, the Singapore-based franchise are going to do the right thing and, and try to extend the contracts for the players as long as they can, but they won't be till July um, like they thought. So there's some implications there. There's, um, there's some pretty disappointed young men uh, when they realise that they're not going to have this opportunity um, sort of today and tomorrow. So our, our role in the association is firstly just to worry about that and then work out um, what the next steps are. That's Pacific Rugby Players CEO Aidan Clark. The Sydney Sevens proved an unhappy hunting ground for Pacific Island teams at the weekend. The Fiji men were unable to back up their Hamilton success, slipping to third in the overall standings after back-to-back losses. Tonga managed one win in six, while Sir Gordon Titchens' Samoa fared marginally better, losing their first four games before beating Scotland and Tonga in the playoff for 13th place. So I mean, it is disappointing, but we also went into the tournament in, uh, in Sydney knowing it was a really tough pool uh, with England and Fiji in our pool and, and of course, with Japan. And and I, and I suppose, mate, we just didn't perform when it really mattered. I mean, England was always going to be a tough one first up after beating them in Hamilton, and, and it wasn't to be. So, therefore, obviously, losing to Japan was, was very, very disappointing because there was an expectation within the side that it would happen. And... You know, and unfortunately in sevens rugby, anything can happen on any given day. And we still put ourselves in a position to win it, but we just weren't composed enough and didn't play well enough. And our best game of the day was against Fiji on the 
on the evening where I thought that we really competed well against Fiji, and uh, which was pleasing but disappointing from a point of view that I felt that sort of performance in those first two games could have made so much difference to us perhaps uh, making the cut. In terms of England, you obviously played them in, in the pool stage in both tournaments. Um, how do you compare and contrast those two games? Mate, I, I really put it down to, I, I just thought our one-on-one defence was pretty average in the weekend. You know, our scrambling defence at times was good. But, of course, scrambling defence obviously is generally centred around missing a one-on-one tackle. And, and, of course, then you don't get back into your systems. And, and that just created too many uh, opportunities for the opposition. And, and of course, it had us scrambling, and which, which made it really, really tough. And yeah, when you get your defence right, I find attack certainly takes care of itself. And, and we weren't consistent enough. There were times, yeah, we, we made some good chop tackles, which put us in a position to challenge for the ball post-tackle. But nine times out of ten, we, we fell off some simple tackles. And therefore, it created too much space for the, the opposition to attack. And that's our, probably our biggest work on is handing up that one-on-one tackling situations because if you're going to fall off tackles, then it creates havoc amongst the team. Where do you feel the team is at after these first four tournaments? Funny enough, I'm just putting together a, a report, and I felt after the first three tournaments, I could certainly see improvement, you know, and um, we're starting to really compete. But then in saying that, one of the real concerns that I've always had of is, you know, that it takes time to build depth, and, and in uh, Sydney, we were down to nine players, you know, and uh, so therefore, two of my best players, like Tomasi Alosio, and uh, Alamanda Matuga, they've been ruled out through quite serious injuries at the moment. They were ruled out of the tournament. And also um, Siossi Asafala was also ruled out for four games and also injured as well at the same time, you know. So, And also Johnny Viali was sort of out for one game and then managed to come back and fight his way back. But he was obviously injured throughout the tournament. And uh, Elizabeth, my other winger, also has got a, quite a serious knee problem and he only played at times. I couldn't play him continually because it just would have uh, hampered his performances even more so. So I had to pick my moments when to, to give him some game time. So that probably placed the biggest challenge on me, therefore having to put players out there and uh, that probably hadn't had a lot of experience. So um, they can only grow from that, those experiences of playing in the, in the World Series. And do you feel that the players are, are, are receptive? These two tournaments that we've just been, we're going to be a real challenge for us coming off Christmas and New Year. And, of course, we'd been finished, obviously, coming off Dubai and South Africa. But surprisingly, we went particularly well, I found, in, uh, in Hamilton. And uh, But I just felt that, you know, that those back-to-back tournaments sometimes when you're not quite where you need to be, perhaps conditioning-wise consistently, uh, can have an impact on that day too, and certainly in, in Sydney. And, and we found that with a lot of the teams. I mean, Scotland didn't win a game. Kenya didn't win a game, you know. And, and yet Scotland had been in all the quarterfinals, I think, of all the championships. And and some teams just didn't bounce back well from the from the Hamilton tournament. Fiji were the team they were in Hamilton. For a lot of teams, you try to get the balance right. You know, we, we have a day off. We certainly always put in for a day off leading into that tournament on top of a travel day, which is another day off. So you try as coaches, the challenges for us is, is getting them so they're really on top of the ground. They come out, their energy levels have been, obviously, uh, they're ready to go. And on day one, I found we were quite flat until that last game, which was against Fiji. Then we had to get up on, on Sunday morning and produce three more good performances. You know, we had two fairly good performances, I suppose, because they were wins. And But again, it was a disappointing performance I found against Argentina, certainly on day two. And, and obviously the next tournament is Vegas. What do you well, focus on between now and then? We all go back into camp on Sunday, and, and we're in summer for two weeks, and then we're off again. 
you know. So um, and there's a tournament in between over in Samoa, which is the Maris tournament, which is an opportunity for me to to perhaps look at some players to replace some of those injured players. Uh, in some ways, not having a huge three, four to six week break is, can be beneficial for us, and and hopefully a couple of players, Tafati Salia maybe back from injury, and then so might uh, Lafra Aliva, who hasn't like, played for Samoa for seven, 12 months, and he's coming back to play in the Maris tournament, so he could be another player that could um, obviously impress at the tournament to be a contender to be selected. That's the Samoa Sevens coach, Sir Gordon Titchens. Meanwhile, Fiji finished ninth overall in the women's event after beating England in the Challenge Trophy final in their first tournament under new head coach Sayasi Fully. The Papua New Guinea Peleas failed to win any of their five games on their return to the Women's World Series. Tupapa Mararenga and Kiwi FC have advanced to the group stage of the OFC Champions League football competition after the final day of action at the qualifier tournament in the Cook Islands. Hosts Tupapa came from a goal down to defeat Pango Youth from American Samoa 2-1 to confirm top spot on the standings with three straight wins while Samoa's Kiwi FC thumped Tongan rivals Lotohapai United 9-1 to secure the runners-up spot. The Tupapa coach Delaney Yangona says they were made to work for their win. Having known already through to the next stage, um, the boys kind of relaxed a bit and then showed in that first half. Um, we put ourselves under unnecessary, unnecessary pressure. But I mean, in the end, they got it right in the second half and we are happy to take the win. And that, of course, gets you through to the Champions League main draw for the second successive year. Um, I know you went with the squad uh, last season for that, but uh, what did um, what did your players learn from that experience, uh, and, and how can that help them this time around? Well, one of the things that's very different um, in the next stage of the competition is the speed of play and the um, technical skills of the players. And so it's something that we've been slowly preparing for. Um, obviously, we need to speed our game up a bit more and have a bit more structure on the defensive side of things. I mean, because we're under no illusions. They're much better players than us, and they've been playing top-level football all the time. And so we've really got to pick our game up. We know we've got our work cut out for us. But at the same time, we're excited about it, and we can't wait to get that tournament underway. Yeah, and, of course, uh, the first two groups uh, get underway this weekend, uh, and then yourselves and, and Kiwi FC have a, a few weeks to prepare yourself. So what, what do you do over the next three weeks? Well, for the boys, it's get a bit of rest of the body. I mean, three games in um, seven days is an easy thing to do. Um, so it's about managing the, the, themselves and then getting slowly back into training. Um, so giving the boys about four days off and then we slowly get back into it. And again, it's about working on that that, that speed of play. That's going to be really, really important uh, coming in this next stage. And uh, is that as much about trying to speed up your own play or in, and also, I guess, trying to deal with the speed of the opposition? Yeah, definitely. Definitely speeding up our play. I mean, going into this tournament, one thing that we really want to focus on is our counter-attack. Um, first and foremost, we've got to get our defensive structures all um, working right and then trying to trying to get some goals through counter-attack. So, yeah, got our work cut out for us. But like I said, we're enjoying it, we're excited about it. Um, and we can't wait to um, get on there and get the games going. And, and in terms of the opposition, you'll come up against Auckland City, I think, nine times champions. Uh, so, that you know, they've traditionally been the benchmark in the... OFC Champions League, and then you've got Magenta from New Caledonia, a very experienced team, uh, and, and Solomon Warriors, your hosts, uh, they've that, they've been there a few times as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you look at all all three teams, they um, technically very good, very good tactics, and they're also very fast players, and so um, it'll be a massive challenge for us. So we've got Solomon Warriors up first um, at home. We couldn't get any bigger than that. And of course, as you said, Auckland City... I mean, it's an exciting opportunity for these boys to be rubbing shoulders with um, guys that they 
they they follow on a weekly basis. And so, um, yeah, I'm sure everyone will be ready to put their best foot forward and um, see how we go. Uh, how many of your squad were involved last season in the in the main draw? Um, all of them except for two. So they've had that experience um, of playing in that because last year they were in Vanuatu. So yes, they've been there. Then they, they know what it's like, and I know this year they'd be better prepared for it. That's the Tupapa Mararenga coach Delaney Yangona. The first two OFC Champions League groups kick off this weekend in Kone in New Caledonia and Lautoka in Fiji, respectively. Tupapa Mararenga and Kiwi FC kick off their campaigns in just over a fortnight in Honiara and Port Vila. And that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.